ice caps and threatening This is scout business, Luna. Moon Podcast Escalation! My name is Jordan D. White. My name is Chris Sims, and this is Sailor Business. It's the podcast where we sit down with a guest each and every week and watch every episode of the classic 1992 Sailor Moon anime. And I hope you've got your M&Ms ready, because we are at the finale. That's right. It is part one of the season finale of Sailor Moon, season one. The, the series finale of Sailor Moon, really. Okay, all right. Because... <laughs> next time, next time we're here, it'll be Sailor Moon R. No, it's, but it's still Sailor Moon. Different series, different, completely different. <laughs> Come on, completely different. So all this time when we've been saying we're going to do 200 episodes, we were lying. Yes, we're like Sailor Business R starts. Uh, oh, in two ridiculous! Weeks. Uh, all right, but yes, we are going to be watching Sailor Moon episode 45, Death of the Sailor Guardians, the tragic final battle. Spoiler warning. <laughs> That is the title of the episode. I mean, first, that's the first thing I want to note. Come on. <laughs> Come on. Hey, we're, we're not into the episode yet, Jordan. <sighs> Save it. Save it. Because first, we have to introduce our guest. If you are a longtime listener of the show, or if you have gone back and listened to the early episodes, then you'll know that we have today, our first ever guest is back. Juliet Khan, welcome back to the show. It's great to be back. Now, Juliet, uh, I, I gotta say... Every guest we've had on the show has been great. Like, every guest we've had has brought something fun and new and interesting to the show. Obviously, having Leanne on the show was amazing, <laughs> talking to her about the books. But I feel like you set the bar with your appearance on the show. So, like, you were so informative. <laughs> like, <laughs> so engaging. We could not have picked a better guest to launch this show uh, than you. And I'm so glad you have come back uh, to do the finale with us. Well, thank you. I'm I'm really happy to find that my uh, obsessive focus on this show since oh god, like 1998. So uh, for many many years now has has brought some joy to the world. Well, it has certainly brought joy to us. Uh, now again, Juliet was our very first guest. So if you go back to episode two, because episode one was just me and Jordan, uh, which you know, because that's what everybody wants to hear, right? <sighs> just you know, two dudes broing down about Sailor Moon. See, I don't know if I would call what you do here growing yeah. down, to be I don't fair. Think so. You're probably correct. But uh, <laughs> you were our first guest, and we talked about your history with Sailor Moon and and all of that back in episode two. Which, again, mm -hmm. if you haven't gone back and listened, you're going to be lost in this one. <laughs> I don't think I can sum this up in, in my usual five seconds. Oh, yeah, right. Uh, well, so the we question is, your... how has your relationship with Sailor Moon changed in the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Personal relationship with Sailor Moon changed. Well, now I'm just I'm full of opinions on Sailor Moon Crystal, of course. Oh, we totally don't watch it anymore. So, so yeah, share the share them yeah. with us. Well, you know, I I can't say I really watch it anymore either. Um, <laughs> I I gave it like a really solid try. I feel and and I spent a lot of time being like, well, you know, the animation isn't great, 
but that's okay, you know, because they're going to really get to the core of the characters. And, you know, I was really excited for things like, you know, oh, they're going to stick more to, to raise manga characterization, and I'm excited to see that happen. Or like, oh, they're going to, you know, really go deep with like Sailor V or something, because this is, this is the manga-oriented one. But then, you know, time went on, and the animation got weirder. And then they started doing weird stuff with like pairing, you know, one of the senshi up with, you know, each of, of the four kings of heaven, the four generals, whatever you want to call them. Did and they? I was never into that. Yeah, that, that became more and more of a thing. And like, I wasn't a big fan of that the first time it swept fandom in like 1999. I just, I was never into it. It's too neat. And honestly, I was always like super into Ray and Minako together, like full disclosure. But it's just like the bad out, started outweighing the good. You know, I quit not too long after Minako showed up because it just, it wasn't fun anymore. The enormous influx of merchandise has, you know, it's it's assuaged the pain. At yeah. least something is is something very cool is coming out of all this revival. But uh besides that, I don't know I don't know that my relationship has changed so much. I was rereading the manga. I have lots of opinions on the uh the Kodansha re release of the series. Um but that could be a podcast unto itself. Besides that, pretty much everything is the same. Did they now are you oh, are sorry. you caught up with where this uh where this season finale would be in the manga? Because look when we started this thing, it was going to be, I was going to watch Crystal, I was going to reread the manga, I was going to do all that. I did not do any of that for this oh. episode. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, I'm pretty caught up in every single way, except uh, the live-action Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon. I've never actually watched that one. I know that is not available in America. We're going <laughs> to get to that. Jordan and I are going to, like, we're eventually going to have to talk about it, because I've watched, I think, the first five or six episodes, and they're great. Uh, they're they're fantastic. I love the uh, "Say La Vie" song. That's, oh God, that's I my love favorite. that song. Uh, those in the musicals are, and, and I guess like I have promised for months now that uh, I would play Sailor Moon another story, uh, and I have only gotten like five minutes into the game, so I am going to in the in the break between Sailor Moon and Sailor Moon R, I am going to try and sit down and, and bust through. Sailor Moon, another story, which will be easy because my girlfriend has completely taken over Dragon Age. <laughs> that is what is going on <laughs> in the living room right now. So I will not be finishing that for a while. Uh, so I'm going to try and get through that. I really want to watch those musicals because there's one where they fight Dracula. <laughs> oh my god, they're they're so good. Like legitimately, there's this this one moment <coughs> in one of the musicals. I can't even remember what it is. It completely encapsulates uh, Haruka Uranus as a character to me. Um, I can't even remember the context, but you know, Usagi is being handed like a bouquet by you know some terrible dude who's actually you know some kind of monster in disguise but you know he's very suave and he's handing it to her and the actress who plays Suruka like runs across the stage like full bore and and all of her body language is communicating like this is a tremendously heroic moment like she's about to like you know cut the dragon's head off and she grabs the bouquet and she like flings it off stage and I think in, in some productions it might have accidentally ended up in the audience which would have been you know, soon worthy. But you know, she flings it off stage and then like turns with this incredible body language, like, Usagi, don't trust him. He's a monster. And it's just like the bravado in it is is everything that I love about the musicals. And it's just played totally seriously. Like, oh my God, Haruka grabbed those flowers and she threw them to the ground. Oh my God, everyone swoon. This is the apex of the show. <laughs> and it's just it's it's so good. I haven't even watched all the musicals, but like they're just so much fun <laughs> and remarkably well produced. And they're just part of such an interesting history in Japan that I could spend an hour talking about of like, you know, all female theater and Takarazuka and, and a whole bunch of other stuff. They're just great. They're totally worth watching. Uh, speaking of, there's there's something I want to send. Uh, well, well, I've got Jordan on the line. I just want to send you this uh, quick photo set from the uh, 
the live action musicals. Jordan, can you can you tell me what you're looking at when you when you click on this? Let's see. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can tell you what I'm looking at. I'm looking at a series of uh, gifts of Mercury and Jupiter dancing together, <laughs> looking at each other, <laughs> hugging each other, protecting one another. I, it's hard to say all the different things, but a lot of things. But yeah, those are yeah, cherry picked but- moments. The musicals know what's up. That's all I'm saying. The musicals, <laughs> musicals know what's up. Now, uh, Juliet, before we, I think we've got a couple of uh, listener questions coming in. But uh, before we get to that, now you mentioned Ray and Minako. Yeah, I've never uh, heard that. Now that before. is something I have never considered. Oh man. Okay. So back in the day when I used to be on Homestuck fandom or Homestuck fandom, what we used to call our unpopular opinions were, you know, unpopular Homestuck opinions. I used to to hang out with friends of mine you know online and we would talk about uh you know our our terrible unpopular fandom opinions and this is still like the most controversial one that i ever like lobbed into the fray i ship rei and minako more than i ship haruka and michiru like they are they're like my ultimate like sailor moon otp like they're they're one of my favorite like fictional couples of all time and you know they're they're sort of incarnations over the different like adaptations of sailor moon you know it's it, it it they differ in how they sort of respond to each other but i'm and i think i mentioned this like way back when i'm definitely more of like a a manga based person you know as a sailor moon fan like i've seen many 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 different adaptations at this point but that's sort of always where i'll go back to and the manga it's not as like solid canon as like haruka and michiro were but there's a lot of little hints here and there of of them sort of gravitating towards each other and there were a lot of little like bits of iconography that Takeuchi loved to put in the manga between the two of them that she really loved to use between Haruka and Michiru. This all sounds like very like, you know, shipper conspiracy, like, oh my god, well if you just looked at like the shading of the background, you'd see it. But like This sounds exactly like it sounds exactly like the Mercury Jupiter stuff I'm used to hearing actually. (laughs) No. 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 It's a uh, it's it's interesting because in it's it's it, it's silly to say this out loud. I know it sounds ridiculous, but it's like, well, if you saw how often like Takeuchi drew like Ray's hand sort of casually around Minako's waist, you'd get it. But um, but but it's interesting. <laughs> she uses a lot of she uses a lot of the same kind of iconography and dialogue between them that she used between Haruka and Michiru. Like, there's a lot of there's a lot of time they just sort of spend together. There's a lot of like sort of bickery tension. There's this one chapter that I really love called Ray Minako. Nako's girl school battle and it's like totally not like a plot important chapter at all it's um you know they're they're studying for like like their high school entrance exams and Minako's like oh my god I hate this so much Ray why are you even here you're in a, like a private girl school you don't have to take exams to get in high school and Ray's like oh well you know I just like to be here to keep with all my studying blah 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 and Minako you know complains enough that finally Ray's like you know what like just use your Venus mirror to disguise yourself and uh and and come to school with me for a day so she does and it's all just a comedy about how, you know, Minako doesn't really fit in. Like, she's kind of, you know, trashy compared to all these, you know, refined private school girls. You know, she's she's making a mess in the cafeteria. She's so loud, blah, blah. And uh, and there's there's this one moment, you know, the, the monster of the chapter is this uh, this spirit of, like, lascivious barbarism. <laughs> who, I can't think of how else to put it. The character's name was translated as, like, Barbara S. For, and she called everything, like, ooh, how wild and barbarous. She possesses Ray, and Ray goes on this rampage of trying to make out with all the other girls. 
And, you know, there's this there's this long extended sequence where she like grabs Venus and like dips her really dramatically. And she's like, oh, you wild kitten, I'm going to eat you up. And, you know, of course, Venus saves the day and then exercises the demon and everything. Um, but, you know, in the end, they're they're joking around and linking their arms and, you know, blushing, looking at each other. And me at 10 was like, oh, what's this? Oh, I like this. And uh, and there's a lot of other little things. Takeuchi loved drawing them together in illustrations, holding hands or like with their arms around each other. And, you know, there's always been like sort of apocryphal fan stories about like, oh, this one magazine in 1997 had her saying that she sort of thought of them as a couple. But I don't know how much like she's ever commented on it. I know that Pretty Guardian Sailor Moon, like it was like them as a couple was definitely like most prominent there i mean again i haven't watched it i can't speak to it personally but like you know everyone i know who's ever been into these two as a couple was like oh well you gotta watch pretty guardian sailor moon they just they were paired a lot together in the manga like in illustrations in you know in action scenes um i know later on in the last uh sailor moon arc sailor moon stars like they have a lot of like little covert missions they go on together and just it's it's huh. if you've read enough Takeuchi manga and if you're like familiar enough with the way she likes to pair characters together, you can kind of see that like not that like, you know, they were like, oh, my God, totally canon. But she was interested in like the tension between them. And they've just they're totally my favorite. And like I ship them to death. Like I'm just very, very into it, especially because Ray in the manga is very like. Not a total misanthrope, but she's not great with people. She doesn't really like being around people, except for Venus, who's the like ridiculous, bubbly Hannah Montana type. And I just always thought that was cute. I just sent uh, sent you guys I, while you were talking. I, I looked it up uh, pictures, and yeah, there's a lot of them. I sent one of them yeah. has a link to like a thing that has a, a, a few, and it's got it's got them holding hands while they're talking to I don't know who. I, it's in Japanese. It's not translated, so I can't tell exactly what's going on. But yeah, like they're like holding hands and kind of crying. It's like oh. I never noticed that. What's what's it's interesting true. about that to me is that we know how Ray treats Usagi. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, and we know that Minako is exactly like Usagi. Yeah. Very true. Yeah, it's it's absolutely true. Uh, but yeah, we're, I got a I got a lot of uh, Sailor Venus opinions coming up about this episode. No, Jordan, do we have any do we have any uh, listener questions right now, or do you want to save those for next week's episode? Uh, we could do a couple now if you want. We can start with okay, a few. Okay, let's, let's, let's do a couple just to get warmed up here. <laughs> well, one one somebody pointed out actually was saying, did you know that the musicals include uh, Dracula and vampire Elizabeth Bathory, which is, you just mentioned that Jack Dracula was in one, and I had no idea. That's crazy. Yeah, I'm really, like, that is, like, <laughs> if Batman showed up, <laughs> like, that would be, like, if Batman showed up and there was, like, if you can tell me that, like, Sailor Moon gets trapped in some kind of complex mechanical death trap in that, then that is everything I want out of life. We gotta, like, we're gonna have to find the musicals and maybe do, like, a special episode on the musicals, I think. But here's the question. Uh, Barely Sushi asks, what comic would you like to see adapted Crystal style? <laughs> like, like an updated, straight-up adaptation of a comic with kind of bad animation? <laughs> well, let's not say the bad animation part. Presumably they're trying for good animation and are failing but let's just say yes like a direct issue for issue direct adaptation of a comic this this might just be because it's on my mind lately but like the the lee kirby ff interesting like, just i mean those first ones are gonna be weird <laughs> but you know when you get 50 episodes in it's gonna be awesome yeah that's true uh juliet do you have one that you you'd really like to see 
Oh, gosh. Um, you know, my brain immediately leaps to uh, Brubaker's early 2000s Catwoman. I oh, would yeah. love to see somebody, like, really tackle that with a good budget, you know, with a really, like, solid, like, vision. You know, really just, I mean, totally aping the way the comics look. But, like, I would not want them to adapt it to look, you know, more realistic or whatever. I'd want them to look like those comics did and to just sort of chronicle, like, the little stories of, you know, Selina becoming, like, the protector of the East End of Gotham and everything. You know, it, it, it wouldn't be... I don't think like the most uh what's how do I put it like the most like glitzy show one of the things I really liked about those comics is that they weren't telling like huge like apocalyptic stories but I would love like a just a short like mini series about Selena getting up to stuff down there the way she did in that comic that would be really fun yeah that'd be awesome that was a great series so yeah that would be terrific um uh, I would love to see that with a uh, uh, Catwoman's goggles just kind of hovering over and slightly to the left of her face <laughs> in, in the way that uh, Ray's eyes often do on the episodes of Crystal that I've seen. It's really true. Oh my god, that's that's one of the things that started to bother me, especially the way eyes would just sort of hover like they that, float. and I I just couldn't take it anymore. It was just you know, there's there's a certain amount of like stylistic you know bizarreness that I'm willing to put up with. Like I really like Utna, where everybody's bangs are made of like pink cellophane. Like I can deal with it, but. I just, it, it was just too much of Crystal. Jordan, do you have one? Uh, you know, I would love to see, it's sort of a weird choice because it doesn't have to be animated, but I would love to see a direct adaptation of the, the Vertigo Hellblazer because I love the old Hellblazer. The one that ended just a couple years ago, but that whole run I thought was pretty awesome. Now, would you would you start with like the Jamie Delano number one or would you start with like when Ennis comes on? And... <sighs> That's a real tough call. I, I mean, I like them both. Obviously, when Ennis comes on is when it gets really, 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 really good. But I thought, the beginning stuff is good as well. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the reason I ask is because, A, I feel like John's 40th birthday party is a pretty good place to start that. That's true. And and B, like the tone changes so drastically within us. That's I mean, that's the thing. That's that's the thing about that series, though, is that I love how it changes and, and over all the different writers. It's just it's he's such a dark character and a fun character to read about no matter who's writing him. So it, it, it it's part of the fun of it is the, the changing of the writers. I think I'm still missing actually a few because because back when I was originally buying Hellblazer, they weren't they they hadn't didn't have the entire series in collection. Like there was that section in the middle between the early Delano and the and the, uh, the Garth Ennis that they just didn't collect. And they've done it now, but I I think I've forgotten to buy it. So there's probably like a volume or so I I still need to pick up. All right, do we have a do we have any other questions? Yeah, we've got actually a ton. So uh, let's see. Okay. If <laughs> if Luna could use her butt magic to give you a gift. <laughs> What would it be? Oh, well, I do. I, I do. Uh, did have a birthday. We're recording this before it, but this will go up after uh, the week after my birthday. So uh, I hope I get many presents I, from sparkling backflipping cats. <laughs> I mean, do you want a transformation pen? Yes. Oh, okay. <laughs> Is that it? Like, like how, how are you asking me that? I would much Wait. rather have a disguise pen than a transformation pen. You wouldn't want to turn into like a super, like a pretty guardian Jordan D. White. <sighs> I've drawn pictures of that, so that exists. But I, <laughs> the, I think the editor who fights for love and justice. I, I, yeah. Listen, that's cool, but I think the disguise pen would would be more handy. Well, you know what? Here's why. I don't fight a lot of a monsters. Because you like to lie. No, because I don't fight a lot of monsters, and I feel like you don't I'd fight have... a lot of monsters because you can't turn into a sailor scout. Oh, that's the only reason. As soon as I gained I that ability, so. there would be monsters all around me. Yeah, well, let me tell you about uh, what happens when you gain power. What happens when you, have, when you gain great power, Jordan? What? You gain what? great responsibility <laughs> as well. Maybe you should maybe you should uh, go to the next door office and, and, and ask about that. <sighs> I work in the Deadpool the, office where there's Deadpool no responsibility. Exactly. 
no responsibility whatsoever. Um, I would no. I mean, look, this guy's been as great, but I would love. Like, of course, I want to. Like, of course, I want to be a superhero. Or you could have a, co- a computer, a little computer, or a that visor. Computer is garbage. <laughs> a little visor. Uh, you basically you're giving me like a shitty T-Mobile sidekick <laughs> from like. <laughs> Or a moon stick. Don't forget a moon stick. Uh, or a, I guess a, I don't know what your your equivalent of moon. A Chris stick. A Chris stick. <laughs> a Chris crystal. There you go. Uh, no, I would want, I would definitely want a transformation pen. Okay. Because first of all, I need a pen to take notes. <laughs> and we know that the transformation pens do actually function as ballpoint pens. So what happens if you lose the cap? <laughs> like, are you screwed? <laughs> that's, that's why... That's why Sailor Moon didn't get a pen. They did not give Usagi a pen. They're like, if we give her a pen... <laughs> She'll chew on it. She'll do that thing where she bounces it on her lip like she did the pencil. Yeah. And then she'll drop it. Ju- Juliet, what would you like from uh, from Luna's butt? Oh, God. Um, you know, transformation pen is... Is pretty tempting. I mean, what are what are what's like the like the range of possibilities here? Like, can I you know wish for like Neptune's aqua mirror? Can I wish for sure. like that weird brooch? You know, okay. Um, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say Pluto's garnet rod actually. Um, but I would use it for the most ridiculous, piddly, like trivial, random stuff. Like, I would stop time so I could sleep more in the morning, or like procrastinate on something I have to turn in, and then just use you know the garnet rod to give myself like an extra two hours to edit something. That's just to make sure I could like stop time and just like you know really enjoy like a museum or like a zoo and like go behind and like pet the tigers and stuff. No, that's um, awesome. That's not that's not bad yeah. usage. That's great usage. I think yeah, time manipulation for like really trivial crap would be a uh, how I how I went. I mean yeah, like you would you'd never have to take time to get anywhere. You could just be like uh exactly. <laughs> it, it would be, the best. be great to never have to factor in like like oh you know I have to get somewhere so I have to wake up at like an hour earlier and then I have to. Factor in transportation i would be i would be like the most ridiculous slovenly person though like every time luna says something on the lines of like Usagi, you can't do that you're going to get chubby or you're going to be lazy or whatever that would be me oh my god i would like never bother to like plan for anything or like take care of anything in a timely fashion would you I think would, i would just use my magical time pockets do you think that makes you age you think like you'd oh, be like way older than question. anyone else because you keep stopping well, time look, and living in that look, time the scouts don't age well, they don't yeah, age I'm, ever. I'm, I'm asking for this with the assumption that I will not age the way Pluto does not age. Okay, fair. Do, do you want another question or do you want to stop there? Let's let's do one more and then move on. Okay. Uh, I don't know what this means. Chris, I'm assuming you can explain this to me. What scout, okay. what scout plays Renegade that you would expect to play as Paragon? Oh, okay. See, Jordan, there are these things that the kids are into called video games. Mm-hmm. And there's a popular series of video games called Mass Effect. Okay. That uh, you, would, you would probably enjoy. I think you would get a kick out of them because they're basically like Bioware had the Star Wars license and then they lost the Star Wars license and then they made Mass Effect. Okay. Which just <laughs> happens to have people that, you know, get the ability to move things around with their mind energy, you know. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, Mass Effect is, a very, is, is the best to not Star Wars, I think. Uh, but that you can like the morality system in the game is between Paragon and Renegade, and so there are moments where you can choose in conversations to, to take the Paragon answer, which is always you know, it, if you've never played a Bioware game, and if you're listening to this and you've never played a Bioware game, the choices are always like Paragon option. Yes, I will give you all my money, and 
the renegade option is always like, no, I'll murder these puppies with my bare hands. <laughs> like, there is very little in between. Okay. All right. <laughs> and you can do, like, and in, I think it's two, like, you can actually, in, like, cutscenes, pull one of the triggers on the controller for an interrupt, a paragon interrupt or a renegade interrupt. Like, you have the option of just, like, if someone is... You know, if you're trying to get information out of someone and they're not being cooperative, like you might get a renegade interrupt to like throw them out of a oh. with, or, or shoot them in the face or whatever. I would say you would expect Usagi to play uh, Paragon, but she would go full, full renegade, like puppy strangling like, renegade every time. Wow. <laughs> every time? Every time. Because first of all, uh, having played it, like I... I Almost always, like, when I am given that system, I almost always feel compelled to, like, well, I have to be a good guy. Like, even when, like, I hate the good guy choices. So I, I did consciously try to do a playthrough where I was like, regardless of where this puts me on the alignment spectrum, I am just going to do whichever one I like the most. And I am going to do every interrupt. Like, every time I get the chance to do a cutscene interrupt, no matter if it's, if it's good or bad, I am going to do it just to see what it is. And generally, the Renegade stuff is just more expedient. <laughs> generally you are just killing guys you eventually kill anyway okay uh so i See, think that's, like that's, Usagi would have more fun she'd just be like i'm gonna take the opportunity to not be responsible and good yeah, it's just a like, game that's there's fine. literally there's literally one i think it's in mass effect 2 where there's a bad guy standing up you're in like a like a, a warehouse or something and there's a bad guy standing up on a balcony and he's like giving you a speech about his evil villainous plan and you get the option to do a renegade interrupt. If you take it, you like you know you see that he's standing on like a propane tank, and you just shoot the propane tank and blow him up. Nice. If you don't take it, and you let him finish his speech about how he is going to kill you, you then go into a fight scene, and you have to fight him and kill him anyway. Oh wow! So I was just like, I was like, oh, this is way easier to just blow up the propane tank while he's talking. See, yeah, I mean, that, again, because it's a game, I feel like that's a like you know what. <sighs> Like, you know, because what you know, what bugs me is when you take the online quizzes, they are actually asking you things that you would never do because they're asking you, like, you know, if someone crossed you, would you like a like scoop their guts out and feed them to them or b like <laughs> smash their face in? It's like, no, like, get angry. I'm a human. I don't murder people norm in real life. Right? That's not an option. But it's like, no, we're telling you what supervillain you are. And it's like, yeah, but I'm not. <laughs> you got to. I OK, whatever. Uh, they don't do usually have the option more? of just be good. <laughs> what do you hate more? People who dress as bats or aliens? <laughs> <laughs> no, but I, I think Yusagi would definitely be a uh, you because you know she is she's the the moon the, the moon pudding. You would <laughs> expect her to be one hundred percent paragon, and then you would look at her save file, and it, like she'd have all the weird scars and all that stuff in her in her mass effect game because she and she would and then you, if you asked her about it she'd like stick her tongue out and giggle and be like it, it was fun <laughs> like that, she wouldn't take it seriously i think yeah it doesn't but mean like, she's a bad person if she was if she was watching ray play like every time ray did one of those renegade interrupts she'd be like ray you're so mean <laughs> probably oh uh, no okay now we're gonna get some uh some great the scouts play mass effect fan fiction so i look forward to that go check out couch chaos if you want to see what we have wrought so let's talk about this episode a little um well, right, can i have can i have like five seconds well before we get to that i, I first i just want to set the stage which is that uh if you don't know if you if you're if you're new to watching Sailor Moon, you didn't watch it back in the early 90s or the mid 90s or whenever it was on in america 
this is two episodes, this episode and next episode. In the original American version, they reduced it to one episode. They cut both of these episodes down to fit into actual, like, 22 minutes. With a, with a, with a uh, Sailor Moon says, so even shorter than that, uh, which is pretty intense and crazy. Um, so I, I definitely watched that as well. So I'll do notes about that in both episodes. But I just well, wanted to point say, that out. Like, as I was watching them this morning before we were recording, I actually did write down in my notes, I can totally see why they cut this in half. Really? It's it's really slow. <laughs> there's a lot of, there's a, first of all, there's a lot of flashbacks. There's a lot of people saying the same stuff over and over. To be honest, and again, like at this point, you know what I like about Sailor Moon. I like the weird Monster of the Week superhero team stuff. I cannot care less about the Moon Kingdom. I mean, I do care about the Moon Kingdom because I'm doing this podcast. But, uh, like, all this stuff, I'm just, like, I find these two episodes to actually be very boring with the exception of maybe, like, five minutes. I can't each. believe you. I can't believe so, you're saying this. I can totally see where they cut it in half. These episodes are so intense. Okay, look. Okay, well, look. Let's do it. D- d- Juliet, you will be the tiebreaker on this. <laughs> um... You don't have to make your decision now if you don't want to. No pressure. You can you can decide at the end. If you like. <laughs> I will I will decide at the end. Okay. 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 So you want to sum something up for us, Chris? Yes. Uh, just, can I, can I have like five seconds? When you mean five minutes? I think you're using the word wrong word. No, I I, I need like two seconds. Two like just, just again minutes. I think an instant, like an uh, like an instant are of you, your time. Are you going to like matrix us the memories or? <laughs> no, no. I just like it's this show is. Uh, so compact, okay, and so well explained. All right, that I like. I don't need to even. I can just hint at things, and everything will fall into place. Do it. Okay, are you gonna? Can I have two seconds? Oh, okay. I thought I was, I was timing an instant. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. I, well, like, can I can I have like two seconds? Two seconds. All right, an entire two seconds. Okay, just marks, tell me when to go. Get set. Go. It's the last episode. Go. That's it. Okay, I, I did it. That's that's all I got. <laughs> It's the second to last episode. You you were you were wrong. It's in America. <laughs> it's in America. It's the last episode. Okay. okay yeah. Second to last episode. So what has happened? Tight continuity. Very tight continuity. In the last episode, they find out because really it's kind of a three part finale. Right? In some ways, yeah. Because in the last episode, they finally deal with a uh, Kunzite slash Malachite, and in this one, the cats have located the entrance to the Dark Kingdom. It's at point D in the Arctic Circle. There's a lot of conversation in this about the D point, and I laughed every time. <laughs> oh, God, so did I. <laughs> and the cats the are still spots. injured from getting yeah, the, the shit beat out of them last episode. The cats are still fucked up. There's sunspots, earthquakes, volcanic eruptions, hurricanes, and other disasters all hitting Earth at once that, according to the news, are caused by sunspots. <laughs> yeah, I don't get it, but okay. I don't either. But you know what? I am not a meteorologist. I don't know how sunspots affect the weather. Uh, I also don't know. I am not a gemologist, so I don't know how the Dark Kingdom, the evil rocks, affect the weather. So let's talk about again. They still are using the same <laughs> preview song, and it's so inappropriate. <laughs> All of my friends are going to die today. Uh, <laughs> it's just so terrible. How could they do that? Did they not for a second go, should we do like a more serious song? No, it's fine. It's a pattern. We'll just keep doing it. So weird for both yeah, episodes. Like, almost as good. Almost as good as. I can't believe Queen Beryl killed my mother. <laughs> it's so weird. 
so yeah, we open with the cats, uh, the bandaged cats watching TV about how terrible everything is. And uh, now, now uh, you're a cat owner. Yes. I hope your cats have never been bandaged up like this. No, well, thankfully. Injured by, like, I hope no one has ever thrown dark energy at your cat. No, they never have. But I have also never, like, in my life seen a cat that is, like, bandaged like a human would be. No, because I'll tell you why. No cat would tolerate that. Uh, if yeah, you like, just wrapped ace bandages around a cat, the cat would be like, what the fuck is this? And they would just, like, tear at it nonstop until it was off. Did they, did, like, Usagi and Minako have to sit down and, like, shave the cats and then, like, put Neosporin on their cuts and then bandage them up, is my question. Or did they just, like, are Lunar and Artemis just like, I do not want to go to point D in the Arctic Circle. It sucks and it's cold and it seems like this is going to be really hard. So just wrap me up in these bandages and we'll just not go. Or did they take them to the vet? Or I, I don't know. I mean, it's possible that they took them to the vet and the vet put like those like cones and stuff on them, and then when they got home, they went, "Okay, you don't need the cone. You're an How intelligent." How much better being. would this be if Luna and Artemis had to wear cones? <laughs> it would be hilarious <laughs> if they were wearing cones. But again, <laughs> we assume they are intelligent enough not to remove their bandages. <laughs> oh, so funny. Um, uh, so yeah, the cats are all bandaged up, and they are going to be like, and they're 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 not even watching the TV at home. They're out on the street watching in a storefront. <laughs> which is pretty silly here's the thing about this episode everybody's kind of getting ready to die oh wait in the episode death of the sailor guardians the sailor guardians are getting ready to die they just read the title (laughs) (laughs) maybe they did maybe they had access to the title but like i do think it's weirdly super intense because like you know this is it's a superhero story right it's at its heart it's a superhero story and an action story Mm -hmm. but you rarely have like in superhero stories and action stories before somebody goes out to face off against the the villain they're not like i need to make dinner for my family one last time yeah no that's true You're because right. i might die. like that that is intense oh i i sorry two small notes on the luna scene at the beginning tiny okay. things from the deke thing one is uh luna says today's d-day which i was like what <laughs> Like, I thought that was a very specific other thing, but okay. And then uh, Artemis says, this looks like scout business. And I was like, Artemis, you fucked it up again. (laughs) Damn it, Artemis. (laughs) You never get anything right. It's not scout business. All right. Sorry. That was my Dropping the the ball. (laughs) But yeah, no, she makes dinner for her family because she expects to die. I don't know what this dinner is meant to be. Oh, it's a it's a curry. She just threw everything. She says it's curry, but it's like there's so much on the counter. Oh yeah, there's eggshells and spices, and there's so much on the plate. Like, like just I don't even know what it's all supposed to be, but it's a million different looking things. And of course, but it's yeah, terrible. she she has made her her dinner. It's it's not terrible. It's not terrible. It's spicy. I'm I'm trying to decipher what any of the things on this plate are. Okay, definitely tentacles. So. <laughs> So that's, that's not tentacles. What, what are you looking at that you think is tentacles? The purple thing that has suction cups on it. Okay, yes, you're right. That is tentacles. <laughs> Thank you. Those are, I mean, listen, octopus tentacles, I assume, or, or maybe squid. I'm not saying like anything. She's not cooking yoma or something, but th- those are tentacles. Uh, maybe that's a tomato. What if, uh, what if Usagi had been like harvesting edible pieces <laughs> from all the yoma this whole time? <laughs> Could it's be. almost in character. <laughs> Oh, there's a shrimp. I see a shrimp. Is that supposed to be the butt of a carrot? Like, I can't... I don't know. Yeah, I have no yeah, idea. Like, 
really poorly peeled potatoes, I think. Look, it's it's spicy and it makes Sagi cry. It does make her cry. For, for the first of many times in this episode. And then we get to cut to uh, her with the with the scouts. And as much as that scene is kind of played for jokes, it is also the same attitude. They're, they're talking about, oh, we're, you know, we're preparing for this battle and all that. And um, Usagi says to Rei, hey, uh, did you did you kiss uh, Yoichiro before we left? Did you make out with Chad? <laughs> did you kiss Chad? Now, in the in the again, in the Deke, it's it, the, the, the scene reads totally different. They play it way more goofy. Uh, all the scouts are not. They're they're so casual. They're just like, oh, we're gonna go fight Queen Beryl. Looks like we got the information. Let's do this. And she's like, did you kiss Chad? And they're like, Serena. Wah, wah. The end. That's the end of that scene. But in this one, it's like, no, I didn't kiss Ch- Chad. What are you talking? And she's like, because you know, you might never see him again because we're all gonna die. Oh, great. Did you not see the title of this episode, right? <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, so it's pretty much a downer. <laughs> the thing that I really like in the scene is uh, also, uh, one of my favorite things happens when Ray is yelling at Usagi. She yells at her so hard that her meatballs come off of her mm-hmm. head. Mm-hmm. They are separated from her head. Also, my fave. Uh, but I love that Everybody's kind of standing around going like, yep, we're going to go uh, off to fight to the death with the uh, Queen Beryl and them. And Jupiter's just like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> and like cracks her knuckles. <laughs> like, I'm like, yes. Now, oh, Makoto, my fave. Now, this is a moment where I actually took a, a note on behalf of Chris going, oh, man, Chris will. If he didn't notice this specifically, he'll want to have, which is. They're they uh they're talking about yeah they're talking about how they're gonna die and doesn't uh Amy says something like yeah I I'd like to be in love as well I'd like to experience love as well and she blushes and everybody sticks their face in going what what but Jupiter looks so unhappy <laughs> Jupiter <laughs> looks Dakota crushed looks like Charlie Brown she literally does look like Charlie Brown she is going who does Amy love besides me. <laughs> And so it, maybe you're right. I, I definitely support the Jupiter's in love with Amy. I think what, what's happening is that uh, something you missed is that Amy goes, yeah, I'd really like to know what being in love is like, which implies that she does not know what love is in lo- is like because she with Rio, uh, which we will come back to that. In or a Jupiter. <laughs> uh, but I know like everybody has like everybody has different faces reacting yeah. to Amy in that scene. Like Minako is like, oh, and. Like, Ray's really curious, and Usagi is like, yeah, what's up? Let's, <laughs> let's get on this love biz. <laughs> and poor, poor Jupiter is so upset. Yeah. Uh, we get our mission statement. The cats totally cop out. They're like, oh, yeah, look, we're, we're too injured. Have fun in the Arctic <laughs> by yourself. This is something really interesting, and it might only be interesting to me. We get the full transformation sequences, which, again, that is time you could cut, even though I love the transformation sequences. Yeah, but I get but, you. It is also implied, like, the cats are conversing with them during the transformation sequences, which implies that the transformation sequences actually do take the time that we see. Do the cats talk to Because people are like, what do they yeah, say? the cats, well, th- that's when they say, hey, you've got to go to point D in the Arctic Circle. You, oh, you, yeah, like, they you're do. You're going to do a sailor teleport. Like, they look so well they are, like, I'm trying to imagine <laughs> what this looks like from the perspective of the cats, of just these girls, like, spinning and dancing and rainbows coming down. Maybe, maybe like, it's yeah, a montage. We're, we're here for two minutes. Maybe they're just talking over it, and really it takes place afterwards. I like I like my version better. In the, <laughs> in the Deke version, they do the same thing, except they're not talking to them. They're just talking about them. They're like, oh, do you think they're ready? Well, I know that Mina and... Uh, <laughs> 
I know that Lita and Mina and Ray and Amy are ready, but Serena is another story. Oh no! What, what are we gonna do? What a what an asshole cat! Artemis just continues to be a jerk. Yeah. Oh well. Artemis has done very little over the course of the season <laughs> to ingratiate himself with us. No, no, he's been really jerky, and you know he he and he contend the whole thing of keeping the ruse up that he's the boss after we've already met him. It was like, oh come on, jerk. No, uh, uh, Juliet, do you have any feelings about Artemis? Because I know again we talked about it. You're a big uh, you're a big Minako fan. You know, Artemis, I always loved the sort of oh, how to put it. I always liked the sort of wry counterpoint he provided to uh, to Minako being, you know, the ridiculous little flippity jibbit that she is. Um, <laughs> I actually, I I loved him. I really like imprinted on him when I was younger because I I really wanted a white cat and I thought he was really cute and everything. But there's actually a chapter of the manga where things get sort of weird with him and Venus. It's it's not it's not super ridiculous, but there's this one chapter where she's all about like. You know, she's she's trying to try out for this reality TV show, and and there's a sequence where she goes to take a bath, and he's like, you know, you don't realize this, and it's not clear if he's talking to himself or thinking or whatever, and he's like, you know, but I know for a fact that you're becoming more beautiful every day, you know, more and more like the goddess of, of beauty that you're named after, and I think uh, I can't remember what it is, but she like he like peeks his head in, and she like throws a slipper at him, like, hey, no peeking on me in the bath, and I remember you know being like ten and thinking that's weird. <laughs> that's, that's strange so now every time i see artemis you know in in any other context or in the anime i'm like wow you know you're a you're being a real dick to cover up the fact that uh you peek on minako in the bathroom uh so i artemis and i have a complicated relationship it's the bottom line here so artemis is a peeper that's what we have learned yeah. today <laughs> dang uh artemis what a jerk so the scouts get a new a new superpower <laughs> <laughs> As it turns out, they can just all join hands and get the power to teleport, which is handy. Yeah, which they describe as, like, joining all your powers together. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> not in any way that makes any sense. They just hold hands and teleport. I just, I always loved that in the anime, you know, when they decide to have a group attack, it can basically be exactly what, what they need. Like, oh, yeah. there's no real, you know, roster here. Like, oh, we need to be able to blast that guy. Let's all hold hands and, like... Blast him with a giant comet of energy. You're like, oh, we really need to get somewhere really fast, and we need it to be like, uh, you know, not complicated to animate. Oh, well, we can we can just teleport, you know. And no, we need to go to the moon. We can just be in the moon. We need to like <laughs> look back into somebody's memories. Oh, look, we we time travel. Awesome. Yeah, no, I I, I always appreciate that. Uh, I like the so fact they that they screw up the ground real bad. <laughs> Poor Gramps is gonna have to eat the cost of that. <laughs> oh, you you know he's just gonna make you eat your own. Fix it. <laughs> Hey, part of your training. Go get a bag of cement and uh, fix the driveway. <laughs> Gramps out. Oji-san out. <laughs> so the scouts teleport to point D, which again is in the Arctic. If you are listening to the show, there's a pretty good chance you know what the scouts look like. <laughs> yeah. You know <laughs> what they wear. They wear tiny, tiny miniskirts and boots. And a really tight uh, bodysuits with bows and sailor colors. They are ill-equipped for an Arctic expedition. Bare we legs, need, half bare arms. We need Arctic action Sailor Moon figures, I think, is what we need. <laughs> in the the dub, in the original uh, Japanese, uh, Usagi is, of course, complaining about the cold. With good reason. Everyone else is just kind of standing around. Like, Makoto, I think, is 
definitely cold and trying not to to act like it. Like she's so like she's got her hand on her hip and she's like so resolved. And like I can't help but read that as like, yeah, you're 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 playing it off. That's what you're <laughs> she's, doing. She's got a reputation to maintain. What's funny uh, is if they if they hadn't had her complain about how cold it was, I totally would have accepted their magic keeps them warm. Yes. But they're yeah. like, no, they're just freezing colds. That's all. Oh, okay. Well, they, they sh- she should have been like, hey, turn me into a uh, Shackleton Arctic Explorer. Uh, and then she would have gotten all of her uh, glacier navigating equipment. Yeah, it would have been nice. Uh, in the new dub, they put in a little bit of Usagi sniping at Ray because Ray immediately, like, as soon as he saw he's like, hey, it's really cold. Like, Ray turns around and she goes, shut up. <laughs> Shut up, you idiot! In the in the new dub, they put in a little thing where uh where Isagi replies to that with "Yeah, well, you've got more body fat than I do, keeping <laughs> you warm." Nice. It's like, damn, Isagi! Isagi not putting up with it anymore. Isagi not going to her death like a punk is what's happening. <laughs> They're at the D point. <laughs> they are, and uh, and they head towards the the smoking crater where yeah, presumably the Dark Kingdom is. <laughs> Because because Amy is looking at her computer, and she says, hey, there's a strong evil aura coming from that way, according to my computer that I've been doing some work on while we've been standing here. Then the camera slowly pans to a literal crater belching pink or purple energy. Yep. They call it's it a volcano. volcano. Yeah, I was going to say, they specifically call it a volcano in the dub. I don't know. It's a tough one. Is it evil? Probably. So uh, they head that way. Meanwhile, inside the smoking volcano, presumably, there's uh, Queen Beryl watching on her crystal ball, seeing them approach. And she's like, well, ugh, it's going to be over soon. Queen Mitali is about to wake up. Uh, hey, hundreds and hundreds of monsters that are just standing around here. Any of you want to kill these girls for me? Now, can I just ask <laughs> why she doesn't go, hey, hundreds and hundreds of monsters standing around. Why don't you all go kill the Sailor Scouts? You'd think this would be the time. <laughs> like, when else are you going to use these people? <laughs> to be fair, she does send a task force. She sends five people to deal with five people. Hey, they're, they're her elite team. Oh, and let's talk. Well, I can't wait to get into that. So, okay. Yes. Who steps forward but the DD girls? The DD girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, and okay. So I-, I was trying to figure this out last night. Are they moth girls? Are they like bunny girls? There's a few different like motifs coming to bear on their design. They're furry, but their wings are not moth wings. They're like pixie wings, like long, thin bugs. Yeah, it's it's weird. They're all wearing bathing suits. Oh, and they're actually wearing stripper outfits. Now, I I was going to say bathing suits, but I changed it to stripper outfits because they all have the little fake cufflinks. Oh, so they do. I'm also going to say if you're if you're looking for a visual reference. Maybe don't just Google DD girls. This is a <laughs> this is a lesson that I'm learning the hard way right now. But uh, but I've I've found I found a comparable picture, and yeah, they have uh, they have couplings, and they have these well, they have these really intense eyebrows. Yeah. mostly is what I'm looking at. Those they they're they, like a they're kind of like moth things, they? but they also look like wings on their own. Yeah, they're like the little the wings thing, from well, Namor's ankles up on their eyebrows. The weird thing is, Juliet, when I Google DD girls, it's all Sailor Moon. <laughs> Okay, well, I'm not going to extrapolate on that. Okay. Um, yeah, no, they they have they have a lot of different design elements uh, well, what, happening here. One of the things I really thought was strangest about Sailor Moon when I was a little girl watching the uh, the designs and the monsters was like, I know Sailor Moon 
is for me. I know it's aimed at me as an eight-year-old girl, but all the monsters really look like Witchblade characters, and I'm not really sure what to make of that. I think I just chalked it up to, like, you know, cultural differences, but it was strange to go from, like, you know, American fair aimed at the same demographic. So, you know, watching, like, I don't know, like, Winx Club or, or that WI, like, the witch show where the girls all had the stripy tights, and it was kind of the, like, Western attempt at a magical girl show. It was popular for a while. Do you um, remember what they're called in the deke dub? Oh, God, I don't, actually. Because it's pretty good. Wait, 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 wait. Are they the Doom and Gloom girls? They certainly are. They are the oh Doom and God. Gloom girls. <laughs> I actually kind of love that. It's you know, because good. it's just it's so at odds with their design. <laughs> like they're these like candy colored, like, you know, sci-fi bikini models, and and then they're the Doom and Gloom girls, and you're expecting like a I don't know, like like Elvira, not Elvira, the uh what's her name? Lydia from the animated Beetlejuice. That's what I would think when I think like Doom and Gloom girls. I think of like her and like Daria and maybe one of those like 2004 slave labor graphics comics like you know, Gloom <laughs> Cookie or like Nora or something. But like no, they're just here. You know, there's there's the pink one with her like big fluffy bob and you know her like green bathing suit and you know they're uh, they're here to bring Doom and Gloom. Why would you assume otherwise? <laughs> what got me about this because uh, you only see them like kind of posing and like like first of all Queen Barrel is like hey, anybody want to go fight them? And then these five monsters strike their pose, their, their calendar pose for the Negaverse calendar. And you only see them kind of really quickly. It's only a few frames that they're actually on screen together before they go out to fight. And what I thought when I saw them really fast was that they were meant to be counterparts for the Sailor Scouts because there's one with the long black hair that looks kind of like Ray. There's one with the short hair that looks kind of like Mercury, mm. although it's not the right color. Uh, and then there's a blonde one. But then, like, you know, it it doesn't hold up if you actually look at them all together. Uh, so I was wondering if that was a, if that might have been an intent of the design. But it's, I don't think it holds up enough if you actually look at them. I think it was just me seeing uh, the short hair and the long hair yeah. and extrapolating well, you know, from that. There's totally precedent for that. I mean, well, maybe not at this point, but I know later on, you know, there's there's Sailor Moon has a great and abiding love for like creating the counterpart villain team. I thought the same thing, but uh and I've actually just kind of assumed until this moment, like, oh yeah, they're all matched up with one of the guardians, but uh I mean but, the, yeah, no, no, they're really not. I just you know, not technically, I guess. The main one has like a thing on her head that has like jewels on it that sort of is vaguely reminiscent of Sailor Moon's brooch yeah, and stuff. They look I mean, like the Tierra. Yeah, it's 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 kind of close, but then it just doesn't quite go anywhere so after we get the doom and gloom girls the dd girls the doom and doom girls i guess they are in japan uh, I, 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 what's weird is i'm there's a bunch of fan art of them too which is pretty interesting i'm seeing well, look they're important villains they do kill the sailor scouts they're important villains with little to no personality at all oh yeah i mean but i mean look if we're going to talk about people with no personality we're going to get around to minico in a second oh true for now for now she gets better anyway I mean, she would almost have to <laughs> Damn, uh, you really got it out for her. My God. No, look, look, you know that I love Codename Sailor V, and you know that I like Minako a lot. Yes. In she's one of your favorite episodes, scouts. She's one of my five favorite scouts <laughs> at this point in the show. In these two episodes, she does nothing. She says nothing. Everybody else kind of gets a moment. Minako gets nothing. And it's really like it It, it bugs me. It's so, true. So now we get to some of the best stuff in the episode. <laughs> well. First, there's a really awesome shot, another great shot of the scouts walking, you know, doing their determined walking, which is like their signature move. Yep. Walking in the fog uh, of the Arctic. And everybody looks like cool and determined and, and like, you know, like they're about to go fight and Mercury's like tapping on a computer. 
And like Isagi's in the background with a weird cartoon face because she's so cold. Yes, that's true. Uh, I love it when they do stuff like that. I like I love it when they remind you, like, yeah, it, she's still Isagi. They sense something coming or something up ahead. And up ahead appears uh tuxedo mask, beat to hell, hanging off a pair of chains, you know, torn crucified. up. Yeah, torn up, <laughs> bleeding, dying, presumably. And they're like, I don't know about this. Uh, and he's like, oh, princess, help me. So Yusagi goes to help him and they go, wait, 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 wait. This is probably a trap. Amy goes, wait, this could be a trap. And Makoto goes, it's usually a trap. <laughs> <laughs> and rolls her eyes because Makoto is the best. And then Ray goes, they're targeting you because you're so predictable. Well, she might be right because Yusagi's response is, what if it's really him? She breaks through. She runs straight for him. The other scouts have to tackle her to the ground. And by the time they've tackled her to the ground, that's when Mercury is finally done with her computer analysis of the situation and goes, it's not him. And giant tentacles shoot out of his chest and destroy the ground where they had been standing moments ago as they evade barely. And then... Probably my favorite thing that happens in the entire episode is so the the, the bad guys obviously were, it was the bad guy disguised and she's like oh ha, ha, like you know we were trying to trick you and Sailor Moon's like how dare you that was terrible of you you know she actually says I was stupid to fall for it but you're stupid for trampling on young girls' pure love uh, and then Ray says she goes on for too long and Ray goes you went on too long. Then, uh, is it, is it already time? Oh no. Then we introduce all the doom and gloom rules. I want to get to the part where he appears again. That's the best thing in yeah. the world. Okay. So basically what happens <laughs> is they do the same thing twice. Again, I can see why they cut it out. No, I can it is they cut stuff the down. best part of the episode. The exact same tuxedo mask appears the exact same position. He says the exact same stuff. Princess, help me. Sailor Moon, I love you. Help me. And the scouts go. I can't believe they're doing this. What kind of an idiot would fall for this the second time? And Yusagi runs out for him, trying to solve him <laughs> or trying to save him. And they're like, Bleh! and they have to tackle her to the ground again. And two seconds later, out erupts the tentacles, the exact same situation. And she was like, but I had to do it because what if it was really him? I would have to actually save him. It's wonderful. That is my favorite part of the episode because Yusagi is so good and pure. Yes. I actually really, like, okay, it's pushing it to do it twice. <laughs> but it says so much about her. Yes. Yeah, it really does. Like, it's, th this is what I'm talking about. Like, everybody has something to do except Minako. And this is kind of like Sailor Moon's thing, where it's like, for the rest of the episode, like, we're going to see her, she can't bear to see one of her friends get hurt. Like, it's the the worst thing that can happen to Sailor Moon is seeing her friends get hurt. And she is unwilling to even take the chance, knowing that it's a trap. It's not that she's, it's not that she doesn't know it's a trap. It's not that she's that stupid. Although, obviously, you know, it kind of plays like that for comedy. But it's that she can't take the chance of it actually being real. Like, she's going to do it every time. And that's a really cool thing about her character. Like, I really, I, I really do like that about Sailor Moon. Again. Twice in a row is pushing it. Ah, it has but, to be twice. It has to be twice to work. Now, I do like that while they're talking about how it's a trap, she's like, yeah, but what if it's not? <laughs> so now, well, see, I, I laughed. I laughed, but I do that all the time. Like, you know, I, I am totally one of those people who will be like, oh, 
you know, oh, did 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 we did we lock the door? And my fans would be like, well, yeah, yeah, I know we did. And I'm like, but what if we just think we did? And our brain is like creating the memory that we locked the door. I'm just gonna go check it one more time. And then you know, I check the door, and I'm like, okay, we can go now. I'm like, but I'm gonna do it one more time, like just to make sure, because you know, sometimes like our housemate, you know, screws it up, and and I'll just I'll just check. You know, Usagi has has the best of intentions. She is just trying to make sure that people are safe, and I support her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now here's where it gets a little strange to me because. Then Jupiter steps forward, and, and Jupiter's going to take take on the fight. And Tuxedo Mask disappears and pops up uh, Andrew, or Matoki. And I go, wait, how do they know about Matoki? Like, I get where they would go, Tuxedo Mask, obviously. We captured him. We know everything about him. That's a thing. And then, uh, as you know, we're going to have Greg later. Are you telling uh... me these girls can read minds? Because if so... They probably should have sent them out earlier when they were going, we need to figure out who Sailor Moon is. I I honestly cannot remember if they know who Sailor Moon is at this point. I don't don't know. Do they know the Scout's secret entities? I don't see why they would. I don't remember. Second thing I also can't remember. In the episode with Matoki and his girlfriend, did the Negaverse, like, could Queen Beryl have watched on her crystal ball as, uh, as Makoto... Was like, yeah, Motoki's fine. Like, is there <laughs> any way for them to know this without a knowing who the Sailor Scouts really are and having known it since since they were crushing on Motoki, or b reading minds? It it plays like reading minds to me. Maybe it's just like initially, hey, I have the power to turn into a boy that you are fond of. Oh, and it automatically not- just turns into any boy. And- yeah. I'm not going to say love because I have an argument later. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, yeah, because obviously you could say, well, they knew that Sailor Mercury helped Greg a bunch and there was something vaguely romantic about it. So uh, that's why they turned into Greg. But I don't know about the Matoki one. I, I mean, obviously that episode had a lot of Jupiter trying to impress him, but I feel like how would how would Queen Beryl know that? <laughs> We'd have to go back and watch it. And I'm just too lazy right now. <laughs> we can't we can't put this recording on pause for half an hour while we go watch that episode again i, I don't like i'm not gonna go get the dvds we could just pretend and then come back right away and, and just say whatever we want makoto sees motoki and it distracts her long enough to stop casting supreme thunder and get all tied up uh she gets all tied up by the monsters and then they uh, then she still does Supreme Thunder on all of them at once. But wait, does that make her like triple idiot? No, well, because she doesn't. She doesn't go. Oh, Motoki, you're definitely real. Like, <laughs> no, but so, she like, does stop. You... Like, she should just be like, it doesn't matter who you are. This is stu- you're not you. I know that's fake. Yeah. Even if it's even if you know it's fake, like seeing someone that you do care about, like in pain, is yeah. gonna like trip you up a little bit. That's true. No, yeah, she's right. having she's having a visceral response, not necessarily a rational one. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll buy it. So, uh, so then the scouts uh, are about to do. Uh, Sailor Mars is going to do fire. Uh, Sailor Moon is going to do tiara, but the monsters get really up close to Jupiter, and they're like, "We can't. It will hit her. We'll hit Jupiter. She'll, she'll, you know, die presumably." So the DD girls start electrocuting Jupiter, which is a weird choice, as Jupiter points out, because she calls down lightning all the time, and so she does that. And as Chris says, she electrocutes them. It does this weird thing where the ice jumps up and contains them. I don't quite understand why that happens. I think what happens is that the lightning comes down. Okay. Because it's like a big explosion. Yeah. It is a huge explosion. 
the lightning comes down, melts the ice, the the water flies up into the air, and then immediately freezes because it's so cold. Wow. That's what I think is meant to be happening. So in that process, then, uh, two of the DD girls are frozen solid to death in the ice. Yes. Presumably dead. Jupiter is half in the ice and half out, and it's not looking good. I'm not going to make it. That's what she says. Now, this is the first of the spoiled already in the title, Death of the Sailor Scout. Let me just mention for a moment that in the Deke version, they cut out all the deaths. What happens is when they die, you actually see them die, and then you get to see this moment of you see her, her, her true self in like a vision being like, hey, hey, friends. We're cool. In the in the Deke version, they just show that part, and they just sort of imply, uh, like maybe the Negaverse has them, you know. Like we don't. And in fact, I think when when they the Jupiter explosion happens, they, they say something like, "We've been, she's with us in the Negaverse," and and that's it. Doc says Duke's gonna be okay. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and and so the implication is. All of them just get captured over the course of the episode, and we just never see them again until the end. All right, sure. But yes, they definitely die in this version. So then the, the first act break happens with well, the well, first the, death of a guardian. One, one real quick thing is Please. that Yusagi, like, uh, as Jupiter is dying, Yusagi, like, you know, reaches out to her and says, no, you can't die because you said that we were going to come back and then you were going to fall in love. And if you were lying, King Enma will rip out your tongue in hell. <laughs> Which is... <laughs> A weird, like, a a very evocative, but weird way to try to get someone to hold on to cling to life. You're right. Yes, it did say that. It, yeah, it said, yeah, if you lie to me, the king of hell will rip out your tongue. What? Yeah, uh, well, you know, King Enma I is the, the is. lord of hell in East Asia, also known as Yama. Uh, and uh, he, you know, rules over hell, like rules over the, the he judges the dead. And if, apparently, if you lie, he will rip out your tongue. Good, good answer. It doesn't work, oddly enough. That that argument is not persuasive enough to make Jupiter not die. <laughs> I only wish it were. If you lie, Lord Enma will pull out your tongue is a superstition in Japan often told to scare children into telling the truth. So apparently this is something you tell kids, which is why Yusagi seems to believe it wholeheartedly. <laughs> oh, this is a cute interpretation of it, though. I, I love the idea of, like, you know, her using that just sort of day to day. Like, you know, oh my god, Usagi, like... You should, uh, you should come by Mako's place later. She's gonna make cream puffs. And it's like, Ami, are you, are you saying this to, like, get me to come to Mako's place to study? She's like, uh, no! And she's like, you know, if you lie, King Enma will rip out your tongue. And she's like, nobody believes that. And she's like, well, I mean, I heard somebody, somebody's cousin can't speak anymore because that happened to them. So maybe I'm right and you're wrong. This is, this is gonna be a headache for them. Doggy just deploys it in daily life and really earnestly believes. That, uh, that if you tell a bad enough lie, you will just never speak again. I mean, keep in mind that Usagi is a reincarnated moon princess, so that does not that's seem true. all that that weird. <laughs> that's that's a good point. So uh, Jupiter dies, so everybody eat Aww. your green M&Ms. What? Oh, right. <laughs> in, in case you have forgotten, uh, Karen Healy, who has been on the show a couple times, uh, an amazing guest, she used to eat M&Ms in the order that the scouts died in the finale. So Jupiter is dead. <laughs> Green M&M's for everyone. Love it. So, that's very sad. But, uh, unfortunately, Sailor Moon has no choice but to carry on. She does not want to. Sailor Moon says, oh, I've got an idea. I'm just going to give the crystal to the bad guys because this is not worth it. Uh, none, yeah. none of the and, scouts and, like that. <laughs> yeah, none of the scouts like that. And, and, again, it feels like 
you know, from looking at it as part of a super heroic tradition, right? Like, that is such a terrible thing for her to just, like, quit. For her to say, like, fine, yeah, take it. I don't, I don't want it anymore. But, again, first of all, Yusagi never wanted this. <laughs> Yusagi has been very upfront about how she never wanted any of this. She does not want to be a superhero. Secondly, like I said, like, she just watched one of her friends die for real. Like, yeah. if she was losing it over an illusion of her boyfriend dying, like, the fact that she, like, is willing to just, like, yes, I, I, I know how important this is, but I will give it to you if it will save people, is, like, very, like, is very Usagi to me. It, it rings very true to her character. Shockingly, Amy slaps Usagi's face to snap her out of it. Well, to try to snap her out of it, I should say. I was not expecting that. But yeah, Amy is like, snap out of it. If you give that crystal to her, she died for nothing. So there you go. Maybe she does have some feelings for Jupiter. Amy also immediately apologizes. Yes. I think it's fun. <laughs> it's very true. She goes, she slaps in the goes, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so Amy. Now, okay. Can I ask you a question? This episode, part of what happens in this episode, as you will be seeing over the course of the rest of the episode, is that the Sailor Scouts each take turns taking on the bad guys and dying. Do you think maybe they could have just all fought at once and maybe won? I mean, that does sound like the thing they should have done. <laughs> right? Like, just how about we all use our battles at once? Okay, well, that's not what they do. In my defense, Chris... What Amy says is, I think it's a literal quote, is she says, my attack sucks and does nothing, so you guys should live longer than me. Right? Isn't that what she says? I don't think that's... You, is that in the... Was that in, like, the 90s subtitles that she said that? So I think it's something like that. Like, she's it's I've pretty got the close. New DVDs. What, what she, she says on the new DVDs is, you guys go ahead, I will annihilate them with oh. the power of Mercury Vogels. That's what she that says? Will, that will strip the flesh from their bones unto the seventh generation. That's what she's. That's on the DVD. I know you don't have the DVD. Yeah, it's not what it says on Hulu. Uh, no, in actuality, she says something like, uh, "Your off offensive attacks will be more useful in the final battle." So you guys go ahead, and she promises that she will not die. Yusagi's like, "You promise you won't die." I promise. You super super promise. Yes. And then they have this this like still photo montage of them leading Yusagi away with her looking over her shoulder sadly she knows obviously that Amy's gonna die but she's accepting the, what they've said and it's sad King Emma's coming for that song <laughs> <laughs> now okay so go ahead go ahead go ahead let's present your evidence great. <laughs> the the doom and gloom girls the DD girls uh decide to pull the same tree again this is for the fourth time they show uh Rio Urawa a.k.a. Greg, a.k.a. the boy who likes Amy. <laughs> okay. Amy's reaction, charitably, is mild surprise. <laughs> it's really true. Well, she goes, oh, my God. oh it's Rio. Oh, it's Urella. Okay, she, first of all, she didn't call him Rio. She calls him Urella. She calls him by his last name. She speaks formally of him as one would of an acquaintance. And I'll tell you, I, 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 I can't, listen, I don't like arguing against myself, but even her surprise, her line then is, so even I can see illusions like this. <laughs> She's more surprised that they can actually trick her. She's like, oh, I thought I would be too smart to see some bullshit. Yeah. Keep in mind that Usagi <laughs> ran directly to it 
and, and, and tried to, like, and, and it took the scouts to tackle her to the ground to stop her from running towards it. Makoto saw just a boy she's got a crush on that she knows doesn't even have a crush on her. And, and she, like, stopped in the middle of an attack. And Amy's like, oh, look at that. An illusion. <laughs> yeah. Because she's logical and she's able to reason that it's an illusion immediately. She just goes, no, like obviously this- I'm not going to be tricked. Like, there's a reason there's ice between them. That is all I'm saying. That field of ice just got a little colder. <sighs> Remember when they were in okay. a are hut either, together? Are, uh, are either of you familiar with the uh, Ami's first love story? Uh, no. No, it's one, I know it's one of those, like, bonus stories they did at the end. I, I, I haven't actually ever read that one, I don't think. It was, a, I think it was, it was adapted as a... Um, not really long enough to be a movie, like a little special episode of the anime was. Um, it was actually kind of hard to get a hold of, and still, like, a lot of places think, that have Sailor Moon will put it up. I think we've been told about this. Well, one of my favorite things about Ami's First Love is it's the closest thing to a romance she has in the manga. And uh, basically, she receives a love letter, and it's from somebody who calls themselves... Oh my god, I realize now I'm about to say it out loud how ridiculous it sounds. Somebody who calls themselves Mercurius. And, uh, oh. and <laughs> I know, I know, it's terrible. Um, and and this same person using this name uh, is is the only person who beats her in all of the school exams. You know, so the the results will be posted on bulletin boards all around, and it'll always be like number one, Mercurius, <laughs> number two, uh, you know, Mizuno, and and it's driving her nuts. And then suddenly she gets this love letter from from the person and she immediately breaks out in hives Ugh. and, you know, and she's explaining it, you know, to the, to the other to the other girls. And they're like, oh, my God, how romantic, how exciting. And she was like, I hate love letters. I don't like them. I don't want them. They make me nervous and nauseous and I don't have time. But she starts becoming, you know, slowly obsessed with, you know, who's Mercurius? Oh, my God. And, you know, they they kind of needle her into admitting that, you know, she hopes that that he's like her dream guy. And they're like, oh, who's your dream? guy and she's like oh a young albert einstein and then there's this (laughs) illustration of this like beautiful anime pretty boy einstein um but you know so in the end you find out that um yayoma was taking advantage of everything Um, i'm not sure if it's ever actually like oh the yoma sent all the letters or the letters were sent by somebody and the yoma just took advantage of them but you know ami comes down with like a a flu kind of thing you know like literal lovesickness and you know in the haze like the yoma you know comes to, to feed on her energy or whatever and and she springs out of it and she makes this like completely delirious deduction like oh it's you you equals like my weakness divided by something or other and the point <laughs> is i gotta beat you and then i won't feel feelings anymore and and she defeats she defeats the yoma and uh and and she faints and you know in the in the denouement uh you know all the girls are like oh you know wow well that was that was bad, but uh, don't you wonder, you know, who Mercurius was? And she's like, I don't care. I don't have time for romance. Romance is bullshit. I'm going to get back to work. And then it ends with this, like, full-page splash of her, like, pointing at the reader. And, uh, and it's you know, the secret caption is like, oh, Sailor Mercury has a very important announcement for all you kids out there. And she just says, like, stop reading comic books and study! <laughs> huh? and, uh, and, that, and that's the moral. So yep. watching this, because I kind of... I kind of to forget that you know greg was a character uh watching this and her just being like ah i too can be prey to human <laughs> emotions <laughs> it's like i love i love that combined with ami's for her story like creates a really round picture of her interaction with 
romance and her, her attitude towards romantic love. Yeah, no, it was it was especially amusing to see her standing on this literal field of ice being like, hmm, I see you're trying to get to me through the human emotion known as affection. <laughs> well, no time for that. Bye bye. Like, it was just, I, it's just really funny. Yes, no uh, time for that. Bye bye. I'm going to blow bubbles at you. Mercury uses bubble spray. Amazingly, does not destroy the planet for some reason. <laughs> she listen. Actually, I, can I give her a tiny bit of credit? It is the most useful use of it I've ever seen because they throw lava at her and she uses it to cool the lava off. Yes, that is that is actually true. That is. But useful. they end up getting her in the vines and they hoist her up and they say, "Hurry up and roast pig." <laughs> they do. Which again, it like not not only like mean and unnecessary, inappropriate. <laughs> Like she's actually the only Sailor Scout who doesn't kill one of the Didi girls. Oh, but she she uses her her real ultimate attack, which is taking that shitty computer and just bashing it in their head. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she she does. She takes out their ability to do illusions, which is very useful. Amy Amy does not fuck around. That is all I'm saying. Like if you get up close on Amy, she will bash. You, she will break your head, Jewel, with her computer. Amy is, like, stealth the most hardcore of all the characters. Like, you know, it's it's hidden behind, like, oh, I have the bubble power. I'm going to toss puddles at you. But, you know, if you get in her business enough, she she will crush you. Uh, this is right. one of the, so then- one of the, one of the really weird changes that they made in the, in the Deke dub, which is they cut out the part where she smashes the, uh, the, the illusion making jewel and they, they leave the shot right before that, where she's holding the computer and going like, uh, and like you could see her moving the computer and they add in the, do- the doom and gloom girls going, Oh, we're going to use your computer to follow the sailor scouts. And it's like, Oh, <laughs> you just made Amy suck. <laughs> like you just took away the part where she does something awesome. And you add it in that they're using her stuff to track them down. Nice. Right. So uh, then Minika dies. And oh, then. <laughs> wait, uh, wait, wait. <laughs> wow. You really don't care. It's so boring. Like uh, the thing that I wrote down in my notes was I literally wrote this down in my notes. Venus has zero personality in this episode, but she does shoot someone in the face with lasers. Yes. <laughs> but, like she like this death is nothing there's like a giant chasm and she jumps down willingly right isn't that what happens no she gets she gets caught up in the, the like the chasm opens up and the vines come out and she gets pulled down into the chasm and there's lava and then she does crescent beam and like shoots one in the head which again is pretty cool but like it, it's nothing it is nothing she is so boring in this episode I, like and i like i like me though like me to go but yeah it's it's they hadn't figured her out they didn't figure her out first season yeah they 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 certainly have not they they she had like because the one thing she says is like like again usagi says hey no like i'll give up the crystal to save you and minako goes no i'll never forgive you if you do that which is a conversation we've already had so there's like nothing to this there's nothing to it (sighs) wow she gets she gets no struggle in this episode the way the rest of them do. Yeah, she gets no struggle. And again, like there is like instead of Greg or instead of doing tuxedo mask twice, there like we like Minako has a tragic love. They 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 could have at least gone back to their own continuity. No, that's the worst though. That episode sucked. Don't ever reference that I again. I know that episode sucks. <laughs> Don't ever reference it again. How dare you? <laughs> they could have like. They're, they could have done something other than just like oh yeah, and then Minako died. And she like, also dies in like a giant ice sculpture which is kind of interesting yeah. i mean it's it's a very like it is a as zoocyte would say it's a very beautiful death <laughs> uh but 
Minako could have not died and just like hung around quietly behind Sailor for the rest of the episode and it would not have changed anything. Okay, let's get serious now because this is where it all happens. Am I, listen, I, I'm going to say it anyway. Am I the only person who cried at this part? Uh, Probably. I did not. I totally, totally did. Because listen, I I felt I felt feelings. Oh, everybody! I, uh, blue and blue and yellow M and M's can be oh, eaten yes. at this point. Blue and yellow M and M's. First, can be blue. Eaten. No, no, no. Uh, not yellow. Uh, orange. 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 Blue then orange. Uh, look, obviously, I give Mars a lot of flack because she gives Sailor Moon a lot of flack. But this is a really emotional <laughs> section of the show, where Sailor Moon is just like Sailor Mars. I can't let you die. Please just go home. I'll fight. Queen Beryl, I promise. Just go home. And Sailor Mars is like, no, I have to do this. You have to do what you got to do. I, I, I'm probably not going to make it, but you got to be strong. So do it. So step aside. I'm going to go die. And she goes with a smile and a, like a wink to her death. And it was really sad. And I cried. I mean, it's like, it's a really, it's a really good scene. I think it's weird that Mars goes, oh no, you've got like, don't fight these guys. You've got an important final battle ahead. Didn't you see the didn't you see the title of the episode of the tragic final battle? Everybody seems to be familiar with the genre conventions of the show at this point, because this is the third time that they have told Sailor Moon, hey no, you need to go have the final battle. You need to you you need to be around for the end of the episode. You have to fight Queen Beryl, which again is kind of hilarious because Queen Beryl's got hundreds of other people she could go, ah, fuck, the Doom and Gloom girls are dead. Alright, you go up next. Oh, that person's no. dead? All right, you go up next. That person's? All right, you go up next. I will like, say, she doesn't have to fight. It, it is probably, you know, we've seen several turning points for Ray over the show, and her, like, what she says here and how she acts here is a real turning point, especially given how shitty she was uh, to Usagi earlier in the episode. Uh, but yeah, like, it's, like, no, I think I think you are right to cry. I did not. <laughs> and, and she saves uh, Usagi specifically because while she's trapped in a giant ice pile another monster attacks usagi and she blasts fire out through the ice pile and kills the monster so again uh glacier is the word we have for those they're not generally called ice piles it's piles of chunks of ice it's not a solid glacier. it's true i I would i would agree in calling it an ice pile it's not properly a glacier thank you And, and then she gets listen mars actually gets to be pretty badass the 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 final monster leaves her for dead thinks she's dead and then as she goes up to attack Sailor Mars is like, I'm not dead yet, and manages to take out the last monster. Uh, so we get, again, Jupiter took out two, Amy took out none, Venus took out one, Mars takes out two more. Yeah, and the, the, like, the actual animation of the fire coming out of the ice and like destroying the monster is pretty yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just, I really love uh, 90s anime uh, and its way of animating fire and water and electricity really specifically. It's just something I noticed, like, Whenever I go back to watching you know, a Yu Yu Hakusho or Sailor Moon or, or Dragon Ball Z or whatever, it was just like really intense and visceral and like not super well animated in a lot of ways. Like, you know, fire is generally red and orange and a bunch of irregular shapes, but I love it. It's one of my favorite things about Sailor Moon and like every Sailor Mars scene. I like the thing they do where like the fire will be like a cylinder with like the little like comets around it. That's, oh, yes, that's yes, my yes. favorite kind of anime fire. Because that's also the way I draw Spider-Man's webs when I doodle Spider-Man. Tommy McFarlane's spaghetti webs, man. Yeah. That's how you do it. So then... So Sailor Moon is sad. Well, Sailor Mars... her friends have died in front of us. Sailor Mars says, right as she dies, Sailor Moon was right. She should have kissed Yuichiro. <laughs> Anime only. 
Yes, anime, anime only. only. Of course. <laughs> not, Definitely anime only. Not in the manga. Sure. Sure. Uh, so, yeah. So now Sailor Moon is super sad. She doesn't want to go on. She's sitting on ice, which is probably really cold because <laughs> she's not wearing much. But she's more sad about it than she is cold. And then uh, the ghosts of her friends appear for a second. And this would later be completely ripped off in the last Harry Potter book. Just just a heads up for everybody. Well, it's it makes more sense in the last Harry Potter book. Mm, I don't know about that. Yeah. Mm, I don't know about that. Because in the last Harry Potter book, it's because of a magical item that they've talked about a bunch. In this, it's just she sees their ghosts. Or she imagines them. <laughs> Pretty sure it's. I'm pretty sure it's. Uh, it was completely. <laughs> everything in Harry Potter was completely ripped off of Sailor Moon. I'm pretty sure. Okay. All right. They're similar. You're right. They're similar. No, they're not. And the, and the art style for the ghosts is nice. It looks like they've like colored them in like colored pencils or something, which is, is yeah. Nice. It's, I was thinking like crayons or maybe markers, but yeah, they, they are they are colored in a different style. It's really cool. And so yeah, they just show up to give her a little pep talk, and she goes, "All right, I'll do it," and she runs off. To face the final battle, and that's where the episode ends. And that does it. And we have we have not learned anything from this episode. Oh, that's not where the episode ends. Oh wait, wait, wait. What? 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 Final stinger. The microwave dings. <laughs> <laughs> and, I forgot. I forgot. The, the hot pockets are ready. <laughs> the microwave dings, and out comes evil uh, Darian, looking as evil as he's ever looked before. That's where the episode ends. I mean, there's no discernible difference. Oh. <laughs> right. So we did not learn anything from this episode because there was not a Sailor Moon says uh, in this. This episode was chopped up into two, of course. Right. So right. we will be Sailor Business says we'll be back next week for the actual season finale. Uh, but yeah, like, let's just go ahead and, and go into final thoughts. Like, it's 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 hard. Like, I don't think this episode's bad. There's a lot of good stuff about it. I think it's slow. Like for this, and that's weird because five monsters die and four Sailor Scouts die. Like, I, I feel like I can't believe you're saying this. I think this episode's really, really good. No, it's look, it is, it is, it is certainly really, really good. It is not <laughs> what I. It's not what I want out of the the season finale. I guess is the way to say it. And and I think a lot of that comes from you know Minako's just there. Like they repeat a lot of things, and Minako's just there. Minako's death is Minako's death is bad enough that it kind of tanks the episode for me, to be honest. Wow. I mean, Minako's death is not that great, but again, I just think overall this episode is so good and so emotional, and you know, I really feel it. I really feel the sadness when they all die, and I mean, it's because it's because of Usagi. It's because Usagi feels it so acutely. Um, I mean, and that's the thing about this episode is it's different from a lot of like. A lot of superhero episodes or a lot of superhero everybody's sacrificing for the greater good episodes play really differently from this because you don't normally get a hero who emotes this much. Um, you know what I mean? If the Avengers are all taking on Kang or whatever and one by one are getting picked off before the final battle ends, Captain America is not there with every death going, no, Hawkeye, oh my God, we got to stop. Like, <laughs> this is... <laughs> oh, man. Could, like time for a new time for a new printing of Avengers disassembled uh, with uh, new dialogue by Chris Sims, Juliet Kahn, and Jordan B. White. Like the, <laughs> the fact that Sailor Moon is devastated by every death and literally immediately wants to just stop and give up because it's so painful. I feel like that's 
different. It's, I don't want to say refreshing because it's not refreshing, but it is a different way of, of telling that story. And it, it, it does it. it. It makes it hurt. No, like, that's the thing. Like, I like everything about this episode. I just don't <laughs> like the episode. Okay. All right. <laughs> it's it's it, it, like, that's why I say, like, it's not that I think it's a bad episode. I don't think it's poorly made. I don't think, like, there's certainly beautiful animation in it. Uh, and it certainly, like, plays off as being important. And I like a lot of the character stuff that's in here. But, like, I think part of the problem is that Usagi's really good in this episode, and kind of nobody else is. Ray's, Ray's, a, Ray's good. Yeah. But, like, all the Sailor Scouts do the same thing, where it's just like, yep, we're gonna die. Go have your season finale next week. All right. And, you know, like, I like the team dynamics, and I don't really feel like the team dynamics are on, on display in this episode. All the Usagi stuff's really good. It's really well animated. Like, it's it's a good episode, but, like, it's, you know, it, like, I, I feel like it it lacks the team dynamics that we've seen built up over the course of the Spotlight episodes. Mm -hmm. And I feel like it, that is probably a function of this not being a Spotlight episode. This is This is all the scouts coming together, and I don't think it really... I, I don't think it nails it as much as it should to have the impact that it does. Although it has all that impact with Usagi, <laughs> but only Usagi. It's, I have complicated feelings about this episode. All right, Juliet, tiebreaker. You know, <laughs> I, I know this is like the cop-out, but I'm somewhere in the middle between you two. <laughs> I I really love moments of this episode. I really like, I really like Ray's death. Uh, I love Usagi, you know, just totally certain that this time it might really be Tuxedo Mask and she better go make sure. I love her making dinner for her family. Um, but I don't think it completely hangs together. I think, like, it's weird that Ray gets such a moment, but, like, Minako doesn't, for example. I don't think they totally work together as a team. I think there's, like, great individual bits, but I, I think it is missing that team dynamic. So I don't hate it, but it is not one of my, my favorites. All right. I think maybe if they... If they hadn't all been standing around together and for some reason not tried to attack together. <laughs> yeah. Like, because see, the thing is, like, you can't separate them. Like, you can't have them separated and picked off one by one because then you lose the impact of them being together. Like, it's not like they're on the, you know, on the comms together, you know, <laughs> but you can't have them be together and then all attack individually. What it means is that doesn't work. It needs a ticking clock. It needs that they need to get to that thing immediately because they need to stop something from happening. Uh, and yeah. that way, when they all say, "I'll I'll handle this," you go. I mean, it would what it would lose is it lose all the slowness. It would mean everybody running instead of everyone going. All right, we'll just tiptoe away while you die, which probably would make a lot more sense. So maybe that's what it should have been. Again. I don't. I don't hate it. Like I don't want people to think that I'm like, oh, you, oh. I wish that there was a. I wish that there was a bookstore monster. <laughs> this is uh, the. I wish there was some kind of. You know, I'm looking around my office trying to see what kind of. Like, I wish there was a sharpie monster that was trying to make everyone's sketchbooks. Yeah. <laughs> turn okay. to energy, which I actually would like that a lot. But like, you know, complicated Jedi, feelings about Jedi this, so. is like a lot of people like trips to the Arctic, right? <laughs> <laughs> People are really fascinated by the Arctic these days. <laughs> maybe, maybe if instead of the the Doom and Gloom girls, maybe if this is where that snowman monster would have shown up, that very uncomfortable <laughs> snowman monster. Yes. All right. All right. It is, and also I still do. There's some weirdness because again, 
why don't they ever try to attack at once? What again? Why are why are there still hundreds of monsters and yet only five go to attack? There's a lot of weirdness going on. There, the, some of these things I think they could have corrected pretty quickly and easily, but they just didn't. And whatever, it's fine. I still think it's a great episode, so I stand behind it. But I get where you're coming from. This is this is a weird place to end it because again, we are kind of only halfway through this story, but that is how the show breaks down. Uh, so I guess we will be back next week. Before we go, uh, Juliet, anything else? I'm not sure. Uh, I'm really, really, really excited for when you guys finally get to uh, to season three or Sailor Moon S. Uh, are you guys going to be doing the movies? Are you going to do Sailor Moon R, the movie after this? Not after I mean, this. I know it seems like it should be the one. Well, it's it's kind of weird continuity wise. I was never really sure if it was after the first season or the second. Whatever. It's, are you are you going to do it? We're going to do the movies, but not yet because uh, well, first of all, they're they're still not available. We're hoping that they will become they're not available. on DVD yet. Um, oh, that's right. So that's the main thing we're hoping for. But in addition, from when I did watch them back in the day, if I remember correctly, the Sailor Moon R movie takes place just sometime during Sailor Moon R because Rini is in it. Um, well, because Rini's oh, in it. Oh, that's right. So it has to take place before she shows up, but after she, or, I'm sorry, after she shows up, but before she leaves. So it's it's weird. The, 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 that's the right. I completely take place forgot she was in that. Somewhere yeah. in there. Um, so hopefully by the time we get you know, I don't know, maybe half or two thirds of the way through this, this next season, we can hopefully it'll be out. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm really excited for you guys to take that one on. If anybody out there knows like exactly when it falls, like hit, hit us up, like send us a tweet at Sailor Business or uh, get in touch with me or Jordan and let us know where we need to schedule that. And hopefully it will be out by then, because right now only uh, Sailor Moon R and I think the first set of Sailor Moon S are out on DVD. So I need to get Sailor Moon R on DVD. Don't buy the Blu-rays. They're kind of a ripoff. <laughs> Aww. Uh, Juliet, please let us know where we can find you and all of your stuff online. Uh, well, on pretty much every social network from Twitter to Tumblr, I'm Prinette, which is P-R-Y-N-N-E-T-T-E. Or you can just Google my name and uh, you'll find me. All right. Jordan, where are you on Twitter? I am on Twitter at Crackshot with a zero for an O. And in addition... We want to thank, of course, as always, J.J. Mason, who is doing our production work for us and editing the episodes for us. You can follow him at J.J. underscore Mason. He uh, works on our podcast as well as a uh, uh, Mighty Morphin uh, Power Rangers podcast called The Morphin Grid. So Sorry, which I need to start listening to because I'm about to start writing a Mighty Morphin Power Rangers episode guide for Comics Alliance. Oh, that's so. awesome. Oh, God. That's awesome. Chris, where are you on Twitter? I always forget. Uh, I am on Twitter at the ISB, uh, also the ISB.tumblr.com. That is my Tumblr, and that is where I post the screenshots for every episode of the show. Uh, it's gotten to the point where there's so many that I have to divide them up into two posts, so check that out. Uh, Jordan also reblogs those. Uh, the show is on Twitter at Sailor Business, and you can follow us there. Please send us any listener questions that you have, any Sailor Moon ephemera or oddities, any anything that you want to send us, anything Sailor Moon, we want to see it. If you if you have a gift set of uh, the musicals where Amy and Makoto are definitely acting like they're in love, send that to me because I would like to see it. And Jordan needs to see it. Uh, if you have uh, a gift set where Amy is looking at boys. Yeah, that's not. I, I, yeah, that's, that's not. That's, that's not <laughs> if you have that gift set, thank you for making that gift set. Thank you for hand animating that. <laughs> Uh, thank you all for listening. We will be back next week with the season finale, Usagi's Eternal Wish, A Brand New Life. Spoiler warning. <laughs> Until then, keep your mind on Scout Bit. Nope, keep your mind on Sailor Business. Sailor.